Amen. Can we give our praise team a hand? Amen. Anybody excited to be in the house of the Lord once again? Amen. Sunday is my favorite day of the week by far. Amen. Uh, this is a special day, uh, not because many of us are off work, uh, but because we've dedicated this day unto the Lord. Amen. And so we say uh, good morning to those of you who are in person and those of you who are online. Some of you need to come back out to the house of the Lord. Amen. Amen. The best way to get it is in person. In person. And so I want to, again, just thank uh, Pastor Arthur Durham for the opportunity uh, to be here on today. I said on last week that... Uh, uh, Kingdom Embassy is my home away from home. Amen. And I've, I've seen many of you. I've interacted uh, with many of you. And so I feel like I am at home. And I don't know if you realize it, but Kingdom Embassy is a special place. Do you realize that? It's a special place. Amen. And you know, everybody thinks that their place is a special place, but some places are really a special place. Uh, you have a special calling on the life of, of this church. And so I just encourage you to be even more committed to the work and the mission uh, of this church. And eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, neither has it entered into the hearts of men what God has prepared uh, for Kingdom Embassy Covenant Church. Amen. Give yourselves a hand. <laughs> Give yourselves a hand. Uh, I thank God for uh, my wife, uh, Pastor Cece, who uh, did the, uh, the family prayer. Uh, and uh, I, I thank God uh, we traveled down with good friends of ours and members of the, our church, the Joneses, uh, Deacon uh, Joe and Dr. Tracy Jones. And, uh, and even when we had breakfast uh, this morning and we prayed over the food, my wife looked at me and she said, you pray. And I said, no, you pray. Because <laughs> that's your thing. I mean, we all pray, but some of us have some extra anointing. Right? Some of us have extra anointing. And make no mistake about it, even when you're at the restaurant and praying, people are watching. People are listening. And your prayer can shift the atmosphere somewhat. Amen? Amen. And so on last week, I started a two-part series as you can see on the screen, Giving God Your Best is the title uh, of this uh, message. The big questions for putting your best Christian self forward. The big questions. We want to give God our best. And if you remember, those of you who were here on last week, I gave you best as an acronym, right? I like to do acronyms. And best was an acronym, next slide, that stands for Bringing Excellent service thankfully. Doing it how? Thankfully, right? Bringing excellent, and let me add to that S, bringing excellent service and excellent substance and excellent submission to God and doing it how? Thankfully, not, not regretfully. Okay, God, okay, if I have to give my tithes, I, I, I guess I will. If I have to give my time, if I have to give my talent, no, you're at the front of the line because God has been good to you. How many of you agree? God has been good.
good. And so you don't do it regretfully. You do it what? Thankfully. You do it with a smile on your face. You do it with joy in your heart. Get this. Even when you're dealing with them high-maintenance folks. Anybody got any high-maintenance folks in their lives, you know? Yeah, even when you're dealing with them, you do it what? Thankfully. You want to know why? Because you high-maintenance to somebody. <laughs> uh, you're difficult for somebody, amen? You're difficult for the Lord. How many of you know you be giving God a hard time? How many of you be honest about that? But he is there for you, and he does it how? Thankfully. And so we want to give God our best. That's what the last couple of weeks have been all about, and I don't know about you, but I want to hear God say, well done, my good and faithful servant, well done. When God considers Phil Carr, I want him to have a smile on his face. How many of you are parents in here? Let me see your hands if you're parents. It's especially those of you who are parents of multiple children, right? If you were to be honest, not all of your children are the same, aren't they? Right? Some of them are special. Go ahead. You can say it. They're special. And, and, and one of the most difficult things as a parent is when you have that child who don't give you their best. They don't uh, do things thankfully. It's almost as if you haven't been taking care of them. And sometimes you say to yourself, now, wait a minute. You need to do a little bit better. I mean, some of them even got the nerves to complain about the foods you're putting on the table and the clothes you're putting on their back, etc., as if it's a par, right? <laughs> and come on, can we be honest? You don't appreciate those kind of children, do you? But on occasion, God gives you a child, and I don't know how it happens, but they are thankful. And they actually go up to you and say, Thank you. <laughs> and, and, and how many of you know for a parent that makes your day, right? That's all you really want from your children is for them to appreciate the effort that you send in that direction. Guess what? Our heavenly father is the same way. You are his children. He's taking care of you. If it had not been for the Lord who was on your side, how many of you glad that last night wasn't your last night? You didn't wake yourself up this morning. If God did not say servant rise, you would have made your transition. And so we have, the point is, we have so much to be thankful for, right? And here's the thing about God. He gives us his best. Next slide. God gives us his best. He always gives us his best. And that's why, I, uh, that's why I, I love what the psalmist says as it relates to God. What shall I render unto God? What shall I render? I, I, I don't know how often you think about that. You know, sometimes I recommend this exercise. Sometimes you just got to slow down and sit down, and you got to do, do this. You got to count your blessings. You got to name them one by one. Count your blessings See what the Lord has done. In other words, just think about all that God has done for you down through the years. How many of you have found yourself in a fix and you say, Lord, help me? And you didn't deserve it, but he swooped in. God swooped in and he helped you. 
And in return, we ought to give God our what? Our best. We can't give God our mess. Some of you need to stop it. You need to quit it. Stop turning your mess over to God. Or, or no, turn your mess over to God, but don't give God your mess. Don't give God a hard time. We got to stop giving God our less. You know, we just give God whatever, and we expect him to uh, receive it. And we got to stop giving God our rest, right? R-E-S-T. Here's what love a lot of us like to do. We like to give God our leftovers. So I'm going I'm 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 to travel and go where I want to go, and then I'm going to go shopping and buy what I want to buy, and then whatever I, I got left over, I'm going to give it unto God. No, no, you got to take, take, take care of God when? First. You, you got to think about God when? First. And then you take care of yourself afterwards. Because the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof and they that dwell within and, and all that you have, you have because of the Lord. And here's the thing. Some of us do better than others, don't we? But here's what I like to say. We all can do better. We all can go higher. And we all can be greater. And how many of you know God is worth it? In fact, say, say that after me. God is worth it. Oh, he's worth it, y'all. He's, he, he, he's worth it. And part of the reason why others don't give their lives to Christ, family, friends, co-workers, is because they're watching us. And for many of us, we're not living the type of life that stands out in a way of giving God our best no matter what. And as we do that, others will see our lifestyle. And they will be more prone to give their lives unto the Lord. And so that's what this particular series is all about. Now, if you remember from last week, I said that there are how many questions? No, no, no. I gave you three last week, but in total, there's how many? Six big questions of life. I wish somebody, a pastor, Arthur, had given me these questions early on. Profound questions. In other words, if I'm going to put my best Christian self forward, if I'm going to live the type of life that allows me to give God uh, my best. In other words, that will prepare me and position me to give God my best. I got to wrestle with and I got to work through uh, some very important questions. In the first question, next slide, first question uh, is this, who am I? And that was the question of identity. We talked about that last week. I think last week's message is up on uh, the Facebook page or whatever. And so take a look at that. But the why question or, or, or the who question is important. Who am I? The question of identity, we need to wrestle with that once and for all. Folks, you need to figure out who you are in Christ. Who you are in the world is different than who you are in Christ. Who, who you was born to be when you gave your life to Christ, get this, things changed. If any man is in Christ, they are what? New creation. The old has what? Past. And the new has what? Come. So, folks, let's live like it. Let's act like it. You're a new creation in Christ. In fact, the Bible says this, and many of us are not able to put our best Christian selves forward because we don't know who we are, so we haven't begun to do this, to walk in the newness of life. And so if you got saved and you acting like the same old person, you missed out on something. <laughs> something went wrong. And so we, we got to realize then, number one, who 
am I, right? I said, why is that question important? Because when you know who you are, you live differently. You just live differently. You walk a little taller. You speak a little louder. There's a confidence that is there with you because what? You know who you are. And here's the part I love. When you know who you are, you don't have to be intimidated by anybody else. Right? Next slide. So that was the first question. We wrestled with that on last week. Question number two was not only who am I, but what? Why am I here? Right? That's the question of purpose. You was created on purpose with a purpose. And you ought to live, God's desire is that you live a life that is purposeful, that is full of purpose. Everything you do, you ought to do on what? Purpose. Right? Who you marry, you ought to marry on purpose. Right? Where you work, you ought to work on purpose. And life has to do with your purpose. You don't know if you're successful in life or not unless you know your purpose. A lot of people think they're successful, but they're not. Did you hear what I said? There's a lot of people think they're successful, but they're not because they have money and they have material goods and they own businesses and they have nice houses and cars and whatnot. And so they are, quote, unquote, successful. No, they're not. There's others who have less. There's people who live in third world countries. There's people who have to try to figure out every single day where they're going to get their next meal, but they are successful. Why? Because they are fulfilling their what? Their purpose. At the end of the day, the only way you can know if you are successful in life is if you know your purpose and if you find yourself in the center of your purpose. Who am I is the first question, the question of identity. Number two, why am I here? Next slide is the, sex que uh, the second question. And then last week we ended with the third question. And what is that one? What is most important? That's the question of priority. Isn't that a biggie? What, what's most important? What, what is most important? I don't know if you figure that out in your life. Most of us think we have, but we haven't. And if you remember from last week, I said for most of us, uh, if we were to make a list of most important things, who would be number one? No, no. He should be number one, but <laughs> us, right? Ourselves. Can we be honest? Most of us think we're most important. Even if we don't say it with our lips, we show it with our life. Why? Because we're making decisions based on whose happiness? Our happiness. And some of us have been tricked. In fact, let me just deal with this now. I think I've said it before. If I haven't, let me say it again. Life is not about happiness. God's number one concern is not that you be happy. Somebody lied to you. In fact, here's what some of us do. We make decisions. We say, well, I know what God's will is because God wants me to be happy, and this will make me happy. That person would make me happy, so they, they must be the person for me, <laughs> right? This job would make me happy. No, God is concerned with your holiness. God is concerned that you fulfill your purpose. Even this, let me go ahead and say this, and I know some of you not going to like this, but God is not excited about you fulfilling your dream. God is excited about you fulfilling his dream for your life. God has a dream for your life. And so there are many who, get this, they've dedicated their whole life 
to fulfilling their dream only to get to the end. And some of you know that verse in Matthew where it says judgment day. And some will be standing before the Lord and they'll say, Lord, I did this in your name and I did that in your name. And he's going to say what? Depart from me because I never knew you. And so we got to ask the big questions and we got to settle in on what it is that God has for us. Next slide. All right, so now we'll pick up, and now we're going to consider the last three questions, the last three questions, right? Big question number four is this. I love this one. Maybe this is my favorite one. How can I be impactful? Impact. Say impact. And this is the question of productivity, the question of productivity. How can I be more impactful. I think I mentioned this on last week, and that is that God is not concerned with how much income you have in your bank account. God is concerned with how much impact you have in your life account. That's God's interest. How much impact are you having? Because God created you to be an agent of change. And so everywhere you go, let me tell you the way it's supposed to work. Things are supposed to get better. When you show up, the devil's supposed to say, uh-oh, we's in trouble now. <laughs> that's, that's the way it's supposed to work, right? Because you are a child of God. You are a chosen generation. You are royal priesthood. The Bible puts it this, this way, and I love this. This, this. this also speaks to your identity, who you are and why you're here. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 5, you're the salt of the earth, and you're the light of the world. And so then, therefore, every time you enter into a dark place, metaphorically speaking, you ought to be bringing the light of Christ. And things ought to get better. Uh, the atmosphere ought to shift. You know, it, it, it's so funny because the praise team was singing that song, and, 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 and I love that song, but and on the other hand, I'm concerned about that song, right? Because we love to decree and declare a thing, but normally what we're decreeing and declaring is our financial prosperity, <laughs> right? Uh, I decree that home is mine, and that car is mine, and that man is mine, and that woman is mine, and what we need to be decreeing and, de and declaring is that the righteousness of God and the holiness of God. And what about this one? Lord, I don't decree that you make me a millionaire, but I decree, oh God, you make me holy. You make me righteous. You make me a tool fit for the use of the master. Lord, I'm tired of my sinfulness and my struggle, and I want to represent you and represent you well. I want to be impactful. How can I be more impactful? That's what we need to go to sleep thinking about. That's what we need to wake up thinking about. For example, when you came to church today, what was on your mind? All kind of stuff, right? All, all over the place. In fact, I'm up here talking right now. Some of y'all got some other stuff on your mind. What you going to cook uh, uh, when you leave church? Uh, I wonder if the Lions going to beat the Carolina Panther, Panthers. And you got all kind of stuff on your mind, right? But what should be on your mind is, get this, before you leave here today, who are you going to impact? Do you know that when you came here today, that God has some impact assignments for you? 
There's somebody you need to speak an encouraging word to. There's somebody. Did you know that even you sitting in the pew need to be praying for somebody? Let me, let me tell you what's going to happen for some of you. Uh, uh, we're going to say in Jesus' name, amen. The service is going to end. You're going to run into some people. You're going to say, hey, how you doing? And in some cases, they're going to give you the standard answer. But in other times, they're going to say, well, child, you know, this is going on and that going on. Do you, need, do you know that you need to stop and say, hey, can I pray for you right there in that moment? That there's an opportunity for you to give them a word of encouragement and a prayer of encouragement. And you got to be thinking, Lord, what are my assignments right here, right now? Some of you who still work in the workplace, when you go to work on tomorrow and you encounter your co-workers, you need to be looking for your impact assignments. Lord, Lord, who do you want me to talk to today? What do you want me to say today? Lord, what do you want me to show today? What's the point? How can I be more impactful? How can I be more productive? And some of you say, well, I am impactful. Let me say to you, there's another level in God. There's another level. And so we need to ask ourselves that question, how can I be uh, more impactful? Proverbs 6, 6 and 7 says, go to the ant, thou sluggard. Consider her ways and be wise. I love this about the ant, which having no guide, no overseer, no ruler, provide of her meat in the summer and gather of her food in the harvest. Have you ever seen an ant go to work? They are productive. They're all over the place. You running around trying to stump on them and everything. And, and all they're doing is doing what they was created to do. And here's the thing I love about an ant. They don't need nobody telling them what to do. They don't need a word from heaven. The word from heaven has already been spoken. It's in the Bible. Go into the world and make disciples of all nations. Acts 1 and 8, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit come upon you, and you shall do what? Be my witnesses. In Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the uttermost parts, folks, that's what life is all about. Some of you have been duped. Some of you think life is about getting all you can, can all you get, and sit on the can. <laughs> no, 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 no. Life is about impact, and you don't need reverend behind your name. You don't need to be a pastor. You are an ambassador of Christ as if God is speaking through you. And every day, without fail, God has impact assignments for you. I don't know if you figured this out yet, but these people you run into in these situations, it's not coincidence. It's not accident. God is setting you up to be used by him. And will you let him use you? See, that's the question. Will you let him use you? And when your opportunity comes, Folks, don't miss it. When your opportunity comes, don't miss it. Some of you have missed so many opportunities that God has set up, and I try uh, to be prayerful and thoughtful so that I don't miss my opportunities. I have people who didn't miss their opportunity to impact me. And so me, I need to make sure I don't miss my opportunity to impact others. At one point, 
uh, uh, I've been in full-time ministry for 40 years, so all of my adult life, and uh, I've had the privilege to serve all, all over the place. At one uh, point, I was serving at a church in Philadelphia, and then I transitioned to a church in New Jersey. And when I transitioned to a church in New Jersey, at, at, at that time, my family was really young. I have twin daughters. They were probably about three. I have a couple of older sons. And so I transitioned uh, to a church in, in New Jersey, and it was an awkward transition because the pastor had said uh, he was going to give me the job. I was going to be the full-time youth pastor. And so I left the other job to take that job. And then when I showed up in the U-Haul with my family, he said, well, you know, i got to talk to the deacons. I said, I thought you talked to them already. I, I made this decision based on that. And then he said, well, stay in the hotel for a couple of days, and I'm going to work it out. And I'm like, Lord, what's going on? Well, Lord, you sent me here, so I'm going to trust you. And so, lo and behold, let me tell you how long it took before that fella figured out the work situation. It took eight months. It took eight months. But let me tell you, I met a woman while I was there who was a member of the church. And so she met me, and she had a conversation with me. And so when she found out what was going on, she said, well, don't worry about it. You can move into my house. Now, I got four kids and a wife, and I got a truck, a U-Haul full of stuff. And I said to her, well, you know, I got to take the U-Haul back. She said, don't worry about it. Put it all in my garage. I got furniture and everything. This woman don't know me from the man on the moon other than the fact that, for whatever reason, God said I was her impact assignment. And so I moved in with the thought that it would be just a few days, a week at the most, and lo and behold, eight months later, look here, this woman is taking care of me and my family. Do you know how bad I felt as a man? But the Lord sent me here, so I got to suck up my ego. But you know what? Before it was all said and done, I was that woman's impact. I became her son, and she became my mother. And her other children thought I was taking advantage of her. Mom, what are you doing? That's the way it works when you're under the anointing and the unction of God. And so what I discovered, though, is that God is not always up to one thing. He's always up to two and three and four and five things all at the same time. We just don't know what he's up to. But that's why we got to trust in the Lord with all our heart, lean not to our own understanding, and all our ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct our path. What I discovered was two months before I showed up, that woman's one and only son had died, had a heart attack. And the whole family was wrestling with the absence of the son. And obviously, I can't take the place of the son, but guess what? On some level, I became the son that the woman had lost. And I was her impact assignment. And because of that, we had a lifelong relationship. Again, that's just one example of things that God wants to do with us. Guess what? Fast forward, I left that assignment, came back to Detroit, and let me tell you how many people I had an opportunity to move into my house and provide for. One young man came along, one young man, uh, he came to our ministry and I met him and he was a street guy, you know, and, and so the Lord just put him on my heart. He didn't have a place to live. Again, I didn't know him from the man on the moon. But because of what 
this woman had did for me, I figured this impact thing out. I said, you know what? Move in with us. Right? And that was risky because I got little ones, and, you know, you got to be careful what you expose your little ones to. This young man's name was Lewis. I'll never forget Lewis. He was a street guy. He moved into our house, and he had so many issues. I'd have to have daily conversations with Lewis. Okay, Lewis, you can't talk like that. You can't play that music. Okay, Lewis, you need, you know. And my wife was like, put him out. Put Lewis out. And so I tried to hang in there with Lewis as, as long as I can. Why? Because other people had did things for me. And so Lewis was in there. And he was, Lewis was trying his best. He just wasn't working with a whole lot at that time. He needed discipleship. And so at some point, though, I had, to, I had to sit down and have the conversation with Lewis. Lewis, I love you and I believe in you, but bro, you got to go. And so Lewis left, and like so many, he didn't just leave my house, he left the ministry, right? I don't know, Pastor Art, if you've had people to do that, you know, you challenge them and they leave Kingdom Embassy. Let me tell you, though, talking about impact, how can it be more impact? And so... At the time, I thought that I failed with Lewis. I thought I failed. I saw Lewis four years later at a praise and worship conference. And I said, is that Lewis? Wait a minute, that looked like Lewis. And then after the conference, Lewis uh, came to me. He had brought his friends, several of his friends, to this praise and worship conference. And Lewis uh, brought them, and they came up. And it was the craziest thing I ever heard. His friends was calling him Philip. I'm looking around. I'm like, Philip? I'm like, Lewis, what's going on? And he said, well, Pastor Carr, my, my time at your house was so impactful that I went and I changed my name to Philip. <laughs> and that don't make any sense. But you get the point, right? You get the point that if we would just pray, Lord, how can I be more impactful? And if we would allow the Lord to use us, there are lives that you will touch here and there and everywhere, and you'll feel like you're a failure. But some people will never forget what you said and what you showed in Jesus' name. They'll never forget. They'll never forget. Amen. Let me, let me, let, let, number five. Let me go on to number five. Next slide. Question number five. Where should I be? That's the question of location, right? That's the question of location. Where should I be? This question is so important, and we just, we just assume where we should be, right? Most of us think we should be where we want to be, right? Where, where should I be? Where I want to be. But the truth of the matter is, is that when you give your life to Jesus, you live under his guidance. You live under his directions. I don't know if anybody told you that, but if they haven't, let me just let you know that he is your Lord and Savior. He is your master. And even where you go to school, for example, some of you failed because you went to the wrong school. You didn't ask God, what school should I go to? You, you just decided. You went to the one who gave you a scholarship. That makes sense to me. 
No, 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 no. You need to go to college where God tells you to go to college. Where, where should I be? Location. You need to live in the state that God tells you to live. I'm, talking, I'm not talking about the state of mind. I'm talking about the physical state and location that there is a city, there is a state that God has for you. Where, where, where should I be? You should work at jobs that God has for you. You should live in neighborhoods that God has for you. Now, sometimes when you ask God, he'll say whatever you choose. But other times, God has a very specific place that he wants you to be and that you will give him your best if you're in that what? Location. And so we got to start to learn how to ask God, where should I be? Where should I live? Where should I work? Where should I study? The question of location. God told Abraham, leave that place that you're at. Pack up your family and go to a whole nother place. Abraham was comfortable there. But God had greater work for Abraham. And, and sometimes the greater work that God has for us, get this, we don't fulfill it because we're in the wrong place. You say, Lord, why am I so frustrated and why am I so happy? You're in the wrong place. And even what church you go to. You don't just, uh, I'm going to go to a church that has a good children's ministry. Here's what people say today, like young families, and I get it. You're a young family, and you want to go somewhere with a good children's ministry. That's not how God does math. See, what God does is he sends you to a place, not just for your children, but for your calling and for your purpose. And, and, and there's people I hear them saying all the time, I'm at a church, and I don't like their music, and I don't like their preaching. That's not why you're there. You're there because it's your assignment. H have you figured this out yet? You can listen to whatever gospel music or whatever music you want to listen to anytime. All you got to do is Google it. You can hear any preacher you want to hear anytime. All you got to do is Google it. No, no, your church family is very integral to your life and your purpose and your success, and you go where you go, not because you figure out in your mind what's best for you, but because God said, go to Kingdom Embassy. And so you go there. Well, God, that don't make no sense to me. And God says, well, everything I tell you is not going to make sense. Who you think you are, God? <laughs> And so the question of where should I be is a very, very important question. And then finally, here's the last one. This is number what? Number six. Next slide. What should I do? Right? Not only uh, where should I be, but when should I do things? And so that's the question of timing. And how many of you have figured out by now that sometimes timing is everything? Timing is everything. In general, you don't want to do things too soon or you don't want to do them too late. You want to be in the timing of God as it relates to the things of life. You know, some of you, for example, uh, God showed you a person and he told you they're the one, but you married him too soon. And the problems you're experiencing in your marriage is because you did it when you wanted to do it, and you didn't say, okay, God, when? When should I marry this person? In fact, some of you, if, if you had just waited a little bit, you wouldn't have married the wrong person. Some of you met somebody, you married them in three months and then six months and then 12 months, and you didn't get a chance to see the real them. 
And so they, they waited over a year and unpacked their luggage on you, and you said, Lord, have mercy. <laughs> and God said, well, you should have asked me. You should have listened to me. Now you got to make the best of it because <laughs> you're in the middle of it now. But timing, you want to incorporate in your relationship with God, in your walk with Christ, timing. Some of you bought the house years before you're supposed to buy it. And now you're struggling financially. And now you got to foreclose. Because you didn't ask the question of when should I do things. You, you did it based on your feelings. Instead of the timetable of God. Look here, folks, and I'm going to close with this. Look here, folks. God is sovereign. God is omniscient. He's omnipotent. He is omnipresent. God is your creator. He knows everything about you. He knows everything about everybody else. He knows everything about life. And we got to learn how to lean on God. God can see in the future. God can see around the corner. Shucks, let me just be honest. A whole lot of this stuff, God is determining it. He's not just seeing it. He is deciding it. And so you need to lean on the God of the universe if you're going to give God your best. Last slide. Let me give you a homework assignment, and then we're going to be done. I, I got to give you some homework, right? I, I, I got to give you some homework. Here's the thing. This message that you've been present at is not coincident. It's not accident. Here's what God is desiring to do. He wants to take you to another level. He wants to take you to a higher level. But what you got to learn how to do is to ask and answer the big questions of life. And so your homework is I want you to uh, carve out some time at some point this week. And I want you to have a conversation with God. I love what Isaiah says. Isaiah says, the prophet Isaiah says about God, that God says, come let us reason together. God want to have a conversation with you. He wants to talk about your life in the present and your life in the future. In fact, some of us, he want to have some conversations about our life in the past because we got unresolved issues that we need to resolve, and we're only going to resolve them if we ask ourselves these big questions. And the final analogy, you, you need to have a conversation with God, and, and, and let me just tell you what your response should be. Your response will be whatever it's going to be, but let me tell you where it should be. You ought to say, Lord, I give. You ought to say, uh, uh, I give up, Jesus. I, I give my life away. I, I, I give my life to you. Lord, I surrender my life to you. And you need to say, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. You need to say, Lord, I want to be in your will and not in my wants. Lord, change my life forevermore. It's need to be your prayer. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. And I'm going to turn the ending of the service over into the hands of uh, Pastor Arthur. Come on, let's give the Lord another hand. Did not our hearts burn as the man of God spoke to us along the way? 
is so important for us to understand uh, what God wants for us. Uh, and the more you uh, are serious about your walk uh, and what uh, God wants for you, the more serious God will be with you. We often ignore him uh, and what he wants for us, but we need to spend time in devotion with him. Uh, we really need to spend some devotional time with God. You got to get alone, just you and God, get in your secret closet with you and God and figure out uh, what is it that God wants you to do. Because if, if he wants your best, in order for you to know uh, what he wants, you need to spend time with him. Because sometimes you don't even know your best. Now, that's sometimes you don't even know what you can do. You don't, you don't even think you have the ability to. But God poured it in you. Uh, but you need to spend time with him and make his purpose more important than your purpose. And the only way that happens is if you spend devotional time with him. Amen? Uh, Pastor Phil, thank you so very much for these past two weeks. Uh, you've been such a blessing to my family. And I'm so honored and uh, glad that you was able to take time out of your schedule. Uh, would everyone please uh, stand to your feet? And maybe uh, there's some people out there uh, who you know in your heart, this, this has nothing to do with anybody else, it's an introspection. You know in your heart that you have not given God your best. Uh, uh, when it comes to your relationship with God and your commitment to God, uh, at church, at home, in your family, um, in the community, uh, you're not really giving God your best. Uh, you know that. You have to be true to yourself. Uh, it's not about your son, your daughter, your husband, your wife. It's about you. And uh, Am I giving God my best? And uh, am I appreciative of that and uh, thankful uh, uh, that God has given me multiple opportunities uh, to get it right? Uh, today is the day uh, that you get to get it right. Today is the day you get to uh, uh, make it your birthday. Uh, you say, this is the day I'm uh, recommitting my life to him. I'm rededicating my life to him. And uh, today is the day I'm going to really start giving God my best. Uh, and, uh, and nothing less. Everybody said nothing less. That's on you. That's, that's not on anybody else. That's not on the pastor. It's not on... Uh, your mom, your dad, your husband, is on you. Uh, it's a personal uh, introspection. Uh, let us bow our heads. Uh, Dear Heavenly Father, I want to thank you uh, so much uh, uh, for um, this series, uh, giving you our best. Uh, thank you for the timing of this message, Lord. Uh, we're living in some tough, difficult, challenging days. Uh, Israel just got bombed. And, and uh, it's scary, Lord. Uh, Innocent people who were just watching television but lost their lives because someone else had an agenda. Uh, Lord, it could have been us who spared us, Lord. Um, and you've given us another opportunity to give our life to you. Uh, we need you now. And so we're asking you, Lord, uh, to come into our life. Uh, come into our life. Take control of our life. But give us a greater love for you, a greater passion for you, a greater desire to live for you. Let us be an example for you. Let the world see who you are through us. So, Lord, we pray and asking you 
that come into all of our lives, those who have a relationship with you and those who do not, we ask you to come in and cement your agenda in our life. We love you for it so much. Oh, we love you so much. We thank you for your healing power. We thank you for your deliverance power. We thank you, Lord, when we didn't even know we could make it through, you brought us through. Thank you for shielding us until we made it through. Thank you for your covering. Thank you for not revealing our sin. Thank you for people that you brought in our life to help us through. Oh, Lord, we thank you. You're always there. You've always been there, and I, we just thank you. So, Lord, we pray that you continually, continually allow us to be a reflection of you. Sanctify our life, Lord. Set us apart. Thank you for another chance to be a great husband, to be a great wife, to be a great son, a great daughter, be a, a great student, a great employee, a great employer. Thank you, Lord, for this opportunity for us to be the best on behalf of you. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen and amen. This is an opportunity. Uh, the altar is going to be open uh, for those who would like prayer. And maybe you don't want anyone in your business, but you just need someone to touch and agree with you. Uh, I want the prayer warriors to come up and, and if you don't want, you just want someone to touch you um, and agree with you um, to help solidify your strength in him. That's great. If you want someone to pray for you, they'll be here for that. So I want to give you the opportunity today to make a new commitment to him and confirm it by touching and agreeing with someone. If you don't want to come to the altar and you just want to touch and agree with someone next to you, just grab them by the hands and just tell them softly, touch and agree with me as I recommit and rededicate my walk with God. He said, whatever there's two or three touch and agree in here, be in the midst. Thank you, Lord, for this opportunity. As we pair our hearts for giving, give God your best. Thank you all for being such a support in this ministry. But don't shortchange God when it comes to giving. We need you to trust God with your finances. It's between you and God. 
We don't try to trick you. We don't, there's no gimmicks, no nothing. We just ask you to be a blessing to the ministry so we can be a blessing to others. We can't do the work we do without you. And we can't do it without your best. We need your best so we can be the best. God is about to do some great things in Kingdom Embassy. I wish I can share them right now, but I'm not open to share them. But there's going to be some phenomenal things that's happening. God has opened up some great doors for us. Um, and so I think it's because our righteousness and our commitment, not me, but us as a body. So many people have been praying and, uh, and doing things out in the community, and people know what you're doing, and they know you're a part of this kingdom, embassy family, and they want to walk with us as we do work. So I want to thank you all who've been walking uh, out there in the community on behalf of Kingdom Embassy. Uh, when you share with someone you belong here, it makes a difference. You don't think it makes a difference, but it makes a big difference, and I hear about it. So I appreciate that. So, Lord, we ask you to bless all of those as they share their financial resources with the church. Lord, don't let anyone lack because they gave their best. Give it to them, good measure, pressed down, and shaken together. Lord, let them be blessed abundantly. Above all, they can ever ask or think. Open up doors of opportunity for them. Reduce debt in the name of Jesus. Clear their path so they'll be able to get the things that they need. Make the resource available to them because they trusted you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As we leave this place, don't ever, ever uh, leave God. Always carry him with you everywhere you go. Uh, in the car, on the job, in the community. Remember the kingdom is not just here. It's everywhere we go. We are a representative of him. So as we leave this place, Lord, guard our hearts and our minds so we can love you, honor you, respect you, and live for you. Give us safe travel as we travel back on the highway. Those who are coming off the highways, those who are traveling home, let them find their home safe and sound. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Consider yourself dismissed. Uh, you know how to give. The altar is open for those who like someone to touch and agree with you. You can just touch them and then walk back away. God bless you.